What is up and welcome to it. You are tuned into yet another episode of That's Funny with me, your girl B. And today's podcast episode is long overdue simply because this was supposed to be the finale episode for International Women's Month, which was definitely in March, but we're doing it today. And that's all that matters is that we're here now and we're definitely getting what needs to be done done right now. But if I can tell you a story, if you follow me on social media, then you know that one of my biggest goals for this year was to step outside of my comfort zone and start not start join miss essay like start working towards one of my i guess lifelong goals lifelong goal lifelong girl stop that i don't know i don't know if it's a lifelong goal but it definitely has been something that i've been thinking about for years um and it's a conversation that i continue to have with strangers in public and people online and so i made the promise in 2021 that 2023 was going to be the year that i face my fears and enter miss essay and i don't know why a part of me just thought that the year would never come and the day would never come that i actually have to step up and do the whole miss south africa thing and (laughs) It's actually so funny because I started working on my entry photos in February, February, in February, the first one, we drove all the way to Hartebiespoor Dam to get that photo taken. And a very big reason, and if you're watching this on my YouTube channel memberships, then you can see the pictures. But one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to take that picture in the Northwest was because I want to represent the Northwest um, on my conquest to Miss South Africa. Um, and I wanted to film my entry video in Sun City as well. I think I had a lot of very big, elaborate ideas of what it is that I wanted to show up as like showing up as my best self and putting my best foot forward and so those are the things that really have been I don't want to say they've been hampering my (laughs) my my what's the word not productivity productivity is consistency those things are definitely not the thing that have been hampering my consistency 100% they've just been keeping me very busy and so right around the beginning of March I think this was like a week or two after I had just finished filming not even editing but filming the hey girl campaign that I'm doing on my youtube channel Miss Essay announced that entries were open and it wasn't even like the usual build up of a month where they take a whole month to like, we're going to open soon, we're going to open soon, we're going to open soon. No, they just said, three, two, one, open. And everyone was panicked because it's like we were never ready for this i mean for me to some degree i was ready i had taken two out of three of the photos that i not not three three out of five of the photos that i wanted to submit so i wanted to submit one in braids one photo in a sleek ponytail one photo in the afro and then another set of photos in um what is the last set of photos oh another set of photos in from my phone so like taken from my cell phone because i know one of the biggest things that miss essay advocates for is authenticity and just being raw natural you and so i didn't just want to send in professional high quality images and by the way palisa did an incredible job at taking my photos if you're very interested in seeing it go onto my instagram and you can find her photography page and all that kinds of stuff she's absolutely fabulous to work with if you've been watching my instagram highlights you know the stuff that we get up to in the little breaks that we have so yeah she's been very great to work with and i really am grateful to have her and her team on board with me to bring my vision to life um and so yeah when the announcement came out that entries were opening we kind of just scrambled and ran all over the place to try and get everything that i wanted to get done in time travel to all the places that i wanted to travel to shoot the relevant content um particularly in the northwest and that's difficult because obviously i'm based in gauteng so driving to northwest is a little bit of like a yeah (laughs) like it's a little bit of a maza um but you know what we we persevered anyway and we tried to do with what we could and the budget that we currently had what we could do and that resulted in me burning out (laughs) so so after i burnt out i was like listen i'm absolutely not having this i'm i'm just suffering um but i am making my way back into the game very slowly releasing vlogs here and there 
and keeping people up to date as best as I possibly can on Instagram. Um, so if you don't follow me on Instagram, like this is literally your sign. You probably just want to get onto that. But I think in all of the content that I've been posting um, and building on my YouTube channel for the past three years, one thing that I always seem to come across is the fact that people appreciate me, first of all, and I am so, so, so grateful for that community. I think there have been so many instances in my life and in my personal life where, yo, guys, it just wasn't easy. And I think having an online community sometimes can help to just just lift a girl up, you know? So shout out to you, first and foremost, for always being by myself and supporting me through all of my crazy ideas and wild dreams. But yesterday I was actually speaking to a girl. Uh, I didn't get her name, but I was at the We Will Worship first Friday thing. It was amazing, first of all. But secondly, I bumped into this girl in the queue and she was like, hi, I love your podcast so much. And I was like, stop that. And we started conversing and she just chatted to me about how much the stuff that I put out impact her and how much she relates to my personal growth stories. And I think something that I always say, but I want to say on the internet and on this platform particularly, is that everything that I am and everything that I do is literally a result of women that raised me, women that I grew up with and women that I just keep on following because I 100% aspire to be like them. I am a firm believer that behind every successful woman is another fabulous, successful tribe of women. And I definitely 100% would not be the person that I am today without the fabulous women that I look up to without my mom, my sisters, my friends in the community that I get to engage with every single day. Because one thing about me, I will listen. One thing about me, I will ask questions. Um, and once I get comfortable with a woman, particularly older women, I will ask a million and 10 questions because I 100% want to learn from their mistakes. I want to know what they know so that I can level up at a rate that is much faster than they did. And with my mistakes, I can do the same for the next person who will do the same for the next person. Who will do. So we'll all just keep getting better with every single generation. And so first on my list of role models, yes, that's what we're doing today in case it wasn't clear. Today I'm going to share with you my role models slash people I look up to. I probably will not mention all of them because like I said, I try to learn from absolutely everybody that I come into contact with. So this list is not an accurate representation of the vastness that is the people that inspire me. But <laughs> these are the honorable mentions that I definitely um, can remember in the moment. So let's rock with it. Number one on the list, I have to say this, otherwise she will absolutely kill me, is my mom. And I don't want to put her at number 10 because if I put her at number 10, she's going to listen to this episode and think she's not my hero. And she 100% is my hero, along with my little sister, my older sister, and my grandmother. Every single one of them inspire me for many different reasons. Um, but I'm going to give you a general overview of why these four women in particular are tied at first place because they will all kill me equally. <laughs> but every single one of them, I think in their different areas of life and in the different things that they excel and fail in have taught me so, so much. And I think the common thread among them all is love first and foremost and resilience. I think my mom is one of the most like, do you know when you think about a science experiment, right? And you take a piece of metal and you put it outside for like 90 days and you put it in different weather conditions to test how durable this thing is and if the material will be good enough to be on a car or good enough to be a roof tiling system of some sort, something that can be outside that needs to be strong and withstand all weather. That is my mom. And I know that there is this narrative that South African women just don't want to be strong anymore. Like we're tired of being strong. We're tired of being in Bogota. We are definitely not rocks because we are 100% human beings. If you throw stuff at us, if you beat and bark at us, we're going to feel that pain. It's going to hurt us in our emotions. But I say this with the most admiration and the most like looking up to as possible. Even my English vocabulary is falling apart in me trying to describe this. When I think about my mom, like my mom is a rock guys. Like my mom, my mom can be the metal of a Mercedes Benz. Do you understand? My mom is the metal on the wagon G. <laughs> I don't think you understand. I think 
I had the privilege of seeing, and I'd, I'd say like 80% of her struggles, because I also think that obviously, like as a parent, you try to shield certain things from your children. But I grew up watching my mom go through some of the wildest things and still coming out on top, still being able to provide for us consistently, still being able to show up for us consistently. I think if I were her, I don't know if I would have been able to stand as tall and as proud as she's standing today because she has been through a lot, but she's a fighter. And I think that's 100% what drives my ambition and what drives my goals is I have that same spirit that my mom has to chase after things and to just be like no is not an answer and I'm not going to take it and if you think that this time my failure was me not being good enough think again because I'm going back to try again and try harder so yeah love that about my mom my grandmother taught me community I said I wasn't going to go into detail for each and every single one of them but yeah I am going into detail for every single one of them but one thing my grandmother taught me was the power of community. Um, she always gave us money. And I shared this when I was at Lerata's event that my grandmother used to give my sister and I so much money when we were kids. And you know, grannies, like grannies slip you that little 20 rand note, slip you that real 10 rand note. And I don't know if grannies today still do that because your grandmothers are baddies, but <laughs> my grandmother wasn't a baddie. So she definitely used to slip us money. And one of the times I remember she slipped us like a hundred rand and she was like, you can buy absolutely anything that you want and she was so patient with us she took us through shop rides and then after shop rides when we were done going through the deli the bakery and all the different aisles of things that we might want um she then took us to kfc because obviously we couldn't decide and then it was like okay whatever you want from kfc and we got whatever we want this was a hundred rand each right and i just saw from a very young age how my grandmother believed in empowering us as young girls and giving us the opportunity to make decisions letting us know that okay you've got privilege here are the different things that you have access to what are you now going to do with it and this wasn't even through her words but just through her actions the fact that we would go home sometimes during the holidays go back to the village in the northwest um I almost said the village name and in my head I'm like safety risk because if you go to the village you definitely will be able like villages guys the communities and villages are so crazy you can go there and say I'm looking for Memma Glamini the one whose husband um, works at the mines and they will direct you directly to that house so yeah maybe I shouldn't share the village that my grandmother comes from but we'd come back home to the village in the northwest and find random people in the house like random teenage girls random women with babies like it was always like random people who even if you ask her who is she she doesn't know who this person is it was just like oh no i was at school because she was a teacher at the time and well when i was a kid she was a teacher she was at school just living her life and she was presented with this situation and as someone who was a community leader a lot of the times women and children would come to my grandmother seeking advice and seeking for help in all sorts of different things and she'd just take them in she'd just take them in give them jobs if they needed skills and upskilling she would do it for them because she was one of the very fortunate people to have been able to go to school get a degree get an education and so when she went back to the village as the eldest of 14 children best believe that all my grandmother knew how to do is to impart knowledge and raise people up to the level of privilege that you are at and I saw traits like that even in my mother where we used to change helpers like every other month and this was literally because she would take girls from the village who she knew were just sitting there because the thing with being in the village and yo I feel like this is taking a completely different turn <laughs> this is taking a completely different turn but the thing with being in the village is and I saw this from my cousins and the lives that we lived that were completely different from one another is the fact that girls are encouraged to almost have babies right you're encouraged to get married and you're encouraged to just be a mother because it comes with financial benefits and the security of having a home and a man take care of you and obviously this is rooted in traditional things from years and years and years back that are still deeply rooted in the mind of people some people let me not say people because that's a terrible generalization but for most people in the village that's like a thing i know for my cousin it was like listen you get four babies and i think i found out that it's four babies maximum that the government will give you social grant for i 
don't know if it's still like that or if that's even a real thing if I was just hearing the hem hems in the room and listening to conversations I had no business in um, and this was so heartbreaking growing up where the girls that I used to play with at my grandmother's house the neighbors all that stuff who are similar ages to me a year younger a year above were falling pregnant and having three four babies at a time well not at a time but you know what I mean like at pop 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 simply because the family needs funds there needs to be food on the table and one of the only ways to do that without an education without you know getting a job because also when you're in a village you're very far away from town it's very far out and so getting a job is not an easy thing to come by if there are three taverns right they need 10 staff members each that is not enough to employ the entire village and so for a lot of them it was like next best thing is to have babies and if you have babies the government will pop out x amount of money per child and we will have a consistent income that we know is coming in and so what my mom would do to try and alleviate that is to take people out from there bring them home to be our helper and then while they are a helper help them get a license help them get the relevant and things if they finished matric then help them get a diploma help them get something that can help them to become a better something out of themselves um and almost not fall into the cycle that we always see in the village and i think someone fetching girls one by one out of a village six months at a time to help them get licenses doesn't seem like a very big deal um, and it seems like a very small thing but what I appreciate is they always try to play their part like my mom always tried to play her part my grandmother always tried to play her part with whatever resources that she has however she could do whatever she could do she tried to do it and so I really 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 am like a product of that because a lot of the times when people see me and the things that I do and the ways that I'm so involved in the youth and youth ministry and the community at large it's almost like wow you are so aspirational but I think for me <laughs> as a kid growing up like a lot of the times I was just doing that because I that's what I knew us to do I thought that's what all people did like I thought it was a normal part of life um so yeah shout out to my grandmother and my mom for teaching me that a queen is only as valuable as the value that she's able to get seated at her table so they're really cool for that and then my sisters I've got a younger sister and I've got an older sister and if you don't know this I'm an auntie to well I'm a direct auntie to like three kids uh, at the moment <laughs> but I through my cousins and all my other siblings in the family I am an auntie to more than five children and I probably am one of the few girls who haven't yet had a child um so right now my focus is being the hot rich i'm working on the rich part but the hot rich aunt to my nephews and my nieces and my nibblings and with my two sisters in particular they definitely definitely are my heroes because they faced a lot of adversity in both of their transitions into motherhood i think there was a lot of very negative outpouring about oh but you're not going to be able to finish medical school and be a mom at the same time you're not going to be able to finish matric and be a mom at the same time and i think when i look at their lives and how much they were able to prove the people wrong wow wow like i don't know more determined people in the world than my sisters and i think even just watching them raise their children and watching what good mothers they are to their kids like for me i look you look at that and i'm like thank god <laughs> like thank god i've got professionals around me because i guys my biggest fear right trigger warning all sorts of trigger warnings absolutely trigger warning if you get triggered by things don't listen to this because i don't even know how to label this trigger warning but one of my biggest fears in becoming a mom is like keeping the baby alive <laughs> i have so much respect for people who can keep a baby alive for like more than a year that is crazy because babies are some of the most like easy to die creatures in the world like if a baby is smothered like if i turn over and i was sleeping with my baby in the bed and i turn over the baby can like suffocate to death do you know that if a baby like is crawling and someone is not paying attention while mopping and the baby's just crawling and and doing its own thing the baby can fall inside a bucket and drown imagine a baby drowning in handy indy water that's so scary and i think i've seen so many scary like stories and news articles growing up because my dad used to force me to like pay attention read the news get into it that 
I almost like look at motherhood with so much fear because a part of me is like, I don't know if I'll be able to do it. Like beyond keeping the baby alive, how do I deal with a child who comes back home and tells me they've been bullied? How do I deal with a child who comes back home and tells me their teacher called them stupid and it genuinely affects them to the core? Like it doesn't, because I think for me, when I look at myself and how I deal with negative comments, it just pushes me to go harder. So if I give birth to a child who is not like me, which is probably likely because we're all not the same as human beings. I mean, I'm similar to my mom, but I'm not the same as my mom. I'm similar to my dad, but I'm not the same as my dad. And I don't handle things the way that they handle things 100%. And I think, yeah, they can agree with that. They can also agree with that, that we really have very different um, outlooks on life and approaches to situations and just people in general to the degree that I am pretty prepared for my child to probably also have very different um, outlooks on life because their father is also a different person from me and the way that we're raising them also like there's just so many different factors and I'm like will this person grow up to be a decent human being god help me god help me to make a decent human being out of this person and I think when I look at my sister's children they are more than decent human beings those children are well-mannered they've got so much personality they're just fabulous kids like i wish i can take their kids and have them give birth and then deal with whatever surprise they're gonna give birth to because their kids are just so great and so fabulous but they really do inspire me i think they've taught me what it looks like to love unconditionally they've taught me what it looks like to be patient because one thing about kids they require a lot of patience and they've also shown me the power of community once again because my sister's support system and the friends that they kept during that time really played a big role in them being able to stand as tall and as firm as they're standing today and so yes my sisters are also my role models but don't tell my siblings that because then they just won't know how to behave and I don't want to deal with that <laughs> I don't want to deal imagine my little sister coming to me and saying I heard you are my hero I heard I am your hero I would die I literally would have to pass away I would delete my youtube channel completely because there's no way that this is getting out so <laughs> so that is my family um i've also got cousins who are fabulous and aunts who are fabulous and all sorts of other people who are fabulous but this is my direct family um that really do inspire me every day and i think yes they can be annoying sometimes yes things are not perfect because absolutely no family is perfect but i'm grateful that they are people that i can still admire and still look up to even in the imperfections sorry i was gonna say irregardless and then i realized irregardless is not a word and then i said just say even if <sighs> guys being a content creator is not easy being a content creator is not easy and i'm not even gonna try and pretend like it's easy and i'm good at it and i think that's like something that weighs very heavy on me and i just want to say it right now right here in the middle of the podcast that being perfect is exhausting and keeping up the image of being perfect is even more exhausting. And even this part, I had planned to say right at the beginning of the episode to talk about the weight of being perfect as an introduction to this podcast episode. But I think it just naturally came out now. So I'm just going to naturally go with it and try not to overthink it. But I'm a very big overthinker. I think words of affirmation are very important to me and not words of affirmation like, oh, you're so beautiful or oh, you're so. But like words of affirmation that speak to my character, because I think in my nature, I'm someone who tries to achieve, achieve, achieve. And so one of the best things that anyone could ever say to me is I'm proud of you or you did that so well or something that is related to the work that I put out and the things that I've spent my time and effort on. I think things like beauty and you dressed so nice. Okay, you dressed so nice is great also. But I mean, like if someone says to me, you're beautiful, you're beautiful, because that was my understanding of what words of affirmation was for a very long time so I always thought words of affirmation weren't a real thing for me until I had friends who affirmed me in ways that I didn't even know I wanted to be affirmed in that spoke to the actions and the efforts that I put into loving them the actions and the efforts that I put into my work into my schoolwork showing up every day even when life is hitting me hard and things in my personal life are saying I have every right to fall apart and cry people commending me for my strength in that moment does so much for me um 
And I think more than that, watching these women live their lives as openly as they do has been almost like a word of affirmation for me as well. The women that I'm about to share with you are women that aspire me aspire I aspire to be like and inspire me so so much because they share the failures that they can share publicly um and it's always and I think that's the common thread between each and every single one of them they always speak about how they're doing it because a they don't want anyone to think that their journey is perfect or easy and therefore putting an unnecessary amount of pressure on their not predecessors, the people who will come after them. Um, that's one. And then the second thing that is always mentioned is I'm doing this for the next generation to empower them. I'm doing this for the next generation so they can multiply at a faster rate than I did. And so I really am grateful for each and every single one of them because their lives are a word of affirmation for me. I mean, if I can just start with the most obvious one that I think you guys are probably even sick of hearing about is Mrs. Michelle Obama. And I think reading her book and watching all of her internet interviews has been such a blessing for me because hearing her constantly speak about her struggles with imposter syndrome, her struggles with fear, feeling nervous and feeling like she's not good enough for the task that is at hand and how she then comes around to overcome those intrusive thoughts and those thoughts of imposter syndrome is really affirming for me because A, then I realize that I'm not alone, but then B, I realize that this is a normal part of the journey. And if someone who is as great as the first lady of America or the former first lady of America is still on an ongoing journey and has to constantly tell herself that it's okay and she's doing well, then I'm fine. I'm completely normal. This feeling that I'm not good enough, this feeling that I'm not doing as best as I possibly can, or the rooms that I'm in are a little too big for me, or the shoes that people keep on giving me are way too big for me. That feeling is not even a real feeling. I know that I'm 100% on the right track because when I look at these women, their lives tell me that Greatness doesn't come without vulnerability and greatness doesn't come without a little bit of fear tagging at you. And in fact, if you are fearful while you're chasing after your dreams and the things that you're passionate about, then it means you're on the right track and you care a lot about what you're doing. So you're probably the very right person for the job and God has given it to you to do. So very first on my list in no particular order is Madame Bonang Mateba, who I absolutely love and adore. She's absolutely fabulous. She's from my hometown. And when I think about Bonang, the thing that draws me the most is her ability to take her job seriously. I think Bonang has worked very, very hard at her brand. She's got an insane work ethic and discipline that it's almost like, and this is one thing that I think I really want to learn how to master. Like Bonang has created such a such a I, it doesn't even have a word <laughs> she's built such a strong and incredible brand that everyone respects bonang for her work like everyone knows that bonang means business she's gonna come on stage she's gonna deliver she's gonna do what she needs to do give us voice give us face give us outfit give us hair give us give us the whole package right but at the very same time existing parallel to this very serious very focused bonang that we all love and adore and admire is the bonang that is definitely your best friend like the bonang that you can hang out with and do everything with the yes Miguel, champagne darling Bonang who is super relatable we all love her because she's super funny she's an absolute goof and it's almost like there is a duality in her personality but it's not like a split personality duality like she switches up and now she's a different person it definitely is the same person it's just this one is in her professional capacity and this one is in her pers personal professional capacity because I think her personal life and her professional life do overlap to some degree but the way that she's been able to balance that and have people respect her even when she goes on live television and is funny or goes on an Instagram live and says like whistles and says like guys some of the things that Bonang does is a bit like ha ah, like you're really living like that in public and 
And I say this because she's a public figure. And I think for a lot of public figures who are in the beauty space, like if I had to take another person who's on this list, um, Tato Mosele, right? Who was the Miss South Africa runner up in 2020. Tato Mosele is one of the most like funniest, bubbliest, goofiest personalities that I've ever come across. She reminds me a lot of myself. And I think for me, seeing Tato Mosele also inspired me so much simply because she's a Miss South Africa or a Miss South Africa runner up. And that to me was a bit crazy because for us growing up, we've always known Miss South Africa's to be women who are, you know, I don't want to say put together, but like definitely have it together. Like she is the girl next door. She doesn't scream above a certain decibel. She doesn't speak above a certain decibel. She always looks poised, always sits graceful and has a particular type of personality that you can almost package in a box, take out and hand over to the next Miss South African. So seeing that in Tato Mosele as well freed me so much because I was like, here's a public figure who's occupying a space that doesn't necessarily allow for girls with a specific kind of personality, living it out to her fullest degree. And Bonang Mateva was the Miss South Africa presenter or host or MC for, I still don't know the difference between all of those words and like the, yeah, educate me in the comment section, please and thank you. But Bonang Mateva held that position for many years. And so for me, it kind of messed with my mind how she's able to be that girl who's whistling, sweet, 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 and then, still be the one saying you'll miss South Africa for 2020 is should if I don't see that like that is crazy and I think it just speaks to the amount of work ethic and the amount of just intentionality she's put into her brand that people will respect her because of her work and not because of you know uh, how she looks or how she presents herself to be so shout out to Bonang my hero <laughs> So that's Bonang, number one. Number two, oh, I also wrote here, Bonang Mateba Bursary Funds provides scholarships for young women to pursue their dreams, and she's involved in a number of other charitable causes as well. So yes, I should mention that as well and know that. <laughs> cool. Second one is Michelle Obama. And Michelle Obama, I'm going to read this because I, I actually don't want to get it wrong. So the thing about former first lady, Mrs. Michelle Obama, that inspires me the most is that she's taught me that there is beauty in the process of becoming, that the journey to success is just as important as the destination that you're setting towards, that you can't have goals and reach your goals without setbacks and falling down. But the cool thing about setbacks and falling down is that they're learning curves and all you have to do is dust yourself off stand up and keep moving <laughs> and so she advocates a lot for confidence for believing in yourself and reaching for your dreams and as a result of her platform and everything that she does in the media she's also started a number of production companies herself i know she's got a podcast on apple podcast and then she's got the light we carry podcast that's based on the i think it's the book tour of the actual book that is on What's the audible audible i literally downloaded audible just to listen to that and it's so good so if you do have time download audible i think it's free to sign up because i'm not paying anything we will find out soon at the end of the month but i think it's definitely free and the conversations that she has i think the one that i listened to was with ellen degeneres i hope i'm saying saying it right ellen degeneres and it was such a good conversation on fear and owning who you are so if you have time definitely check that out but she's also got a number of of initiatives and campaigns that she's running and one of my favorite ones is reach higher that i actually like when i think about it every day i'm like i low-key want to start the same thing in the south african context and what reach higher is supposed to do is almost act as a motivator for children who are working towards getting an, a college education in america and so it would be things like bursary funds letting you know all the different ways that you can get funding for your schooling all of the options that are available to you as a black child all of the universities that are available to you as a black child and then also just unpacking and breaking down all of the little stereotypes that come with the education sector in America and I think if you know anything about it it's very competitive everyone is trying to get into an Ivy League school in fact Michelle Obama's teacher one of her um, guidance counselors at school when she was growing up told her that she wasn't Princeton material and 
and that you know that wasn't her vibe and she should look rather at things that are more for her kind of person her kind of people and michelle didn't take no for an answer she definitely 100 went after it and we all know how that story ends she's a princeton law graduate and she's got a lot of other things under her belt that i definitely am not qualified to speak on so we're just gonna move on swiftly to number three on my list who is the same age as me and her name is yara shahidi yara shahidi is also an owner of a production company that's called seventh sun productions I actually took down the tagline of the company and I wrote it down on my laptop. And what Yara says is, Seventh Sun is a family-based entertainment media company that lifts diverse voices, producing a space for impactful dialogue to emanate. And if you know me and if you know anything about everything that I do on the internet, this is exactly that in a snapshot. And so obviously Yara Shahidi is someone that I really do look up to because not only is she doing the work and really making big strides in that industry, but she's also someone who's my age. She's also someone who is a young black female in a world where, in a world that originally wasn't designed for girls like us. And so I really, 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 really take so many pages out of Yara's book because she also speaks about the fact that and this is something that people will always say about Yara like she's the voice of our generation she's all of these cool things and every single time Yara will stand up and say I don't think I'm the voice of the generation I think I'm the part of the generation that has just been given a voice which is crazy when you think about it and so I also spend a lot of time watching Mich um, not only Michelle Obama every single person that I mention now I watch a lot of interviews with these people um, because I try to figure out their line of thinking and why they do the things that they do and Yara Shahidi is one person who is so consistent in all of her speeches I think when it comes to Yara and Nomza Mombata ah stop that stop that those girls are powerful those girls are powerful and what makes them even more powerful is not because they're well-spoken or eloquent but because everything that they say i can see in the lives that they live so kudos to yara kudos to nomza mombata because those are some fabulous girlies next up on my list is none other than miss universe 2019 herself miss zozibini twinzi and zozibini for me if i can be very honest with you guys 2019 was one of the darkest years of my life. That was the year that, I mean, yes, I went to varsity that year and I was studying engineering, which was fabulous and great and difficult, <laughs> extremely difficult. But beyond the difficulty and everything else, I was also going through a very difficult time in my personal life. And there was a lot that was happening um, in my family that required me to take up space and be a responsible girly. And so I fell out of love with a lot of the things that I was very passionate about because life just came in and overwhelmed me at a rate that I was never prepared for. And so Miss South Africa was one of the things that I just kind of lost sight of um, that year. So I didn't watch Miss South Africa 2019. I kind of like didn't even know who was crowned Miss South. I think my head was so deep in my problems that I don't even think I knew that Zosie Pini was Miss South Africa or who was competing until I saw, um, I'm lying, I do know who was competing because my head girl from grade seven, so when I was in grade seven, the head girl of the high school that I was going to, Lauren Yenega, was running for Miss South Africa and she had made the top 10, which was so huge for me because I couldn't believe that a girl from Word School AIDS, a girl from Centurion, was going to represent us on the world stage like that so that was something that caught my eye because obviously it came up on my whatsapp and like all of the social media stuff because of the circle we all went to the same high school so obviously the same people are posting and i'm seeing this from friends and families from our community so i knew that she was competing but i didn't actually follow through and watch because obviously for me it would have actually been such a blessing to be able to watch lauren walk that stage in real life i would have loved to do it but my head just wasn't there because i was going through a lot and 
when I did eventually come out of it, Miss Universe was happening. And I remember I couldn't sleep that night. I was at my mom's house and I came across like the link. It was like 2 a.m. or something wild like that for Miss Universe. I was like, okay, cool. Like, let's go watch Miss Universe. And so I went to go watch Miss Universe and I saw Zozi Bini and she was just like, just being herself, (laughs) which was so crazy to me because I was like, why? why is this girl like just so comfortable like i i couldn't understand and that was the one thing that really stood out for me about zozipini was how comfortable she was in her skin like everyone on that stage you could tell there was an element of i'm running from this universe look at me <laughs> you know and zozi was just kind of like well i'm zozipini and this is me. Like, this is all you're going to get. I'm not even going to try and pretend to be something that I am not. I'm not going to try and up my personality. I'm, like, I'm not going to try. I'm just going to be myself. And she really was herself. And she won, which also gave me a lot of goosebumps because I remember, and I'm getting goosebumps even now, like thinking back to when I first saw her on that stage. First of all, those earrings. Oh, I took off the earrings. I was wearing the earrings. If you look at my Miss South Africa entry video, you'll see the earrings I'm talking about. Um, and I bought those earrings actually inspired by the ones that Zosie Bini wore on the night of Miss Universe because I just couldn't get over how gorgeous she was. Not only was she dark skinned like me, um, but she was just so elegantly dressed and she was so comfortable in her skin. And when she spoke, she spoke with so much conviction and I could tell she was speaking from the heart. And I remember they asked her a question. And I'll never forget this. They asked her a question about climate change. And I remember being so like shook and afraid for her because I'm like, girl, I hope you know about climate change. Like, oh my word, this is such a random question. I would have never studied this. Oh my word, Susie, I hope you're ready. And her answer just knocked me out of the park because it showed me how she wasn't even trying. And this is why I said like, Zosie, throughout the conversation, I kept looking at her and I'm like, this girl is really not even trying. Like she really, and not in a bad way, just like, I don't know. I, I really need to find a better way to say what I'm trying to say right now. But she really genuinely was not trying. She literally went and her answer to the question about climate change and what we should be doing about climate change as Miss Universe or I don't know, something along those lines. She literally said that climate change is not a organizational issue climate change is a world issue and so the real question is what are we doing individually each and every single one of us need to be playing our individual part in working towards climate change whether that's educating ourselves or you know just doing our parts to minimize and and i was just stunned i was just stunned i probably am paraphrasing it very badly but i was stunned at the fact that she really stood firm on her convictions and what she believed to be that every single person needs to play their part and this came through very well right at the end when they asked her about what her message to young women and girls everywhere or what's the thing that she thinks we should be teaching young women and girls everywhere today like what is that thing and Zorzi's answer you can even tell like how excited I am like I'm literally losing English just going back to that thought but Zorzi's answer was literally I think the one thing that we need to be teaching girls today is leadership. The whole narrative of taking up space and cementing yourself in society. Girls need to be taught how to be audacious, how to be bold. And I just was so shocked because again, here she is being consistent. Number one, when she was answering about climate change, she spoke about, in essence, self-leadership. And then she gets asked a question about what should we be teaching girls today? And again, it's self-leadership. And so for me, it was so powerful and so inspiring to see how this girl was so comfortable in her skin and was so dead set on her passion, which was seeing people take up space and be leaders, whether that was in the context of climate change and taking small steps for change or in the context of cementing yourself in the world. Zosie Bini stole my heart that night. And ever since I've just been following her, following her journey, following her interviews, all that kinds of stuff, because I think someone who is so sure of themselves and someone who will not be swayed by standards that have been set and in in engraved in our minds for centuries and centuries is definitely someone worth listening to the, the fifth person or sixth or seventh i don't know where we are and probably the last person let's let's make this the last person 
is none other than the fabulous Pamela Mtanga, darling. And I think Pamela Mtanga is such an inspiration to me. Like, and it's, oh man, I'm even getting like, I'm getting flabbergasted just speaking about these women because they're so amazing. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to do justice to telling you why these women inspire me and why they're my role models. But I feel like the vocabulary that I have does not equate to the, oh, so the electricity is back. Guys, when I tell you I was going to film a YouTube video and I had done an entire setup on my bed, fixed everything, got it together to film. And the moment that I was ready to film, electricity went, even though I got a notification saying that load shedding was suspended. So I didn't understand what all of that was about. But the electricity is back. So praise God. <laughs> praise God. We're, we're grateful for electricity. But focusing on the task at hand, Pamela Tanga, I really am trying to do justice to telling you why these women inspire me. But I think their lives are so great and continue to evolve in such beautiful ways that I feel like I can't do justice to it. I just can't. And so I'm just defeated at the sight and at the the attempt. I'm even losing my English altogether at the attempt of trying to give language to this, but I will continue to try. And this is the last one I'm going to try. And that's Pamela Mtanga. Pamela Mtanga, guys, is someone who is just not afraid to take risks. And you can see it beyond the interviews that she's done and the things that she says on her Instagram and all other forms of social media. You can see it in the way that Pamela Mtanga lives her life that she's not afraid to take risks. Like the way that she dresses, I think sometimes I look at her outfit. Her outfits are always great. Let's get that out of the way. Never get that confused. Pamela Mtanga never misses. But when I look at the foundation of her outfit, like the putting together of the actual outfit, and when I take apart the elements, individually i would never wear those things like i would never go into a shop and buy half of the things that are in her wardrobe but then she puts it all together and i'm like you took a very big risk in buying all of these items but my dear my dear you look fabulous (laughs) it looks absolutely stunning and so pamela mtanga number one risk taker and i remember when i was in the process of changing degrees and moving from engineering to digital marketing I came across a post because like I said I will always try and learn from people and always try and see how they evolved in their journeys and I was going down Pamela Mtanga's feed and I think it was a picture where she's wearing a leopard print dress or if it's around the area of the picture with the lemon print lemon print leopard print dress and she had written this long, long, long caption about her journey as an MC, as a host, and as someone working in the entertainment space, how that, excuse me, came to be, how that came to be. And in that entire paragraph of her telling her story, I read that Pamela Mtanga was initially studying engineering. I forgot what kind of engineering at NMU. And Along the way, she realized that actually engineering is great. Engineering is going to get me and my family out of the hood, but engineering is not what God called me to do. And so right now, at this current moment, I'm going to have to choose my calling, step up and move to communications, which is exactly what she did. And I think we can all see the fruits of that decision. And I think the Holy Spirit really does play a big role in a lot of the things that we do. And when I look at my life and how it's panned out, ever since I made the decision to leave engineering, I can really tell that the Holy Spirit and that whatever you call it, your gut feeling, Holy Spirit, um, I don't know what else people call it, but whatever you call that feeling on the inside of you that tugs at you and tells you to move in a specific direction, it really knows, hey, it really knows. And for me, through a lot of prayer and meditation, I was able to get through a point where I was like comfortable in my decision to move to marketing and Pamela played a very big role in that as well because when I saw that post for me it was almost confirmation because I followed her for years not even knowing that she was once an engineering student it was just someone that I looked up to and then to see when I decided to dig into her journey that she once was where I was at was just mind-blowing and I felt like this was God aligning everything and saying go run as hard as you can and so 
yeah, she's always trying out new things, always pushing herself out of her comfort zone. But I think the thing that I love, 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 love the most about her is her unwavering confidence. Like she has 100% mastered the art of owning who you are. She's got a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful face. And one of her favorite features she will always say is her nose. Like, and I also agree, like Pamela Mtanga probably has one of the most beautiful noses in Flabini. And I tell you a little secret. <laughs> Sometimes I try to contour my nose so it can look like Pamela's and it literally never works. But um, she's, she's, she's owned that. She's owned that. And I think for me, experiencing her online and admiring that and then getting to experience her in real life and then realizing that the energy that I was experiencing online is not even close to the energy that she gives off in real life was insane and one of the full circle moments that I had in 2022 that I actually haven't shared yet on social media and I probably should share it before I lose the clip is the fact that Pamela Mtanga I was having a radio interview in was it August or September? I can't remember, but I was having a radio interview and this was with a secular radio station. So this was my very first secular radio interview because I had done radio interviews before on, well, in the capacity of Bugs because now when I say secular, now I'm thinking of robotics and I'm like, okay, but that was completely different. That wasn't me. That was team South Africa. But for me in my personal capacity as Bugs as Barbara, I was having my very first secular radio interview, which was a very big deal for me because I'm a Christian content creator. That's where I started off fundamentally. Um, and being on the show towards the end of the show, the girl says, and maybe I'll, I'll insert I always say, maybe I'll insert, but every time I have to edit guys, the headache that I get while editing, I end up not inserting the things that I say I'm going to insert while I was filming and feeling high. But the girl who was interviewing me literally says to me, I've got a couple of VNs from some very special people in your life. And so I'm like, Oh my word, she's going to make me cry. Like my mom is going to say something. My dad is going to say something. And I'm going to ask you to guess who they are. So she plays the first VN and it was Keo and she plays the second VN and it was Tron. And then she tells me to guess who the last person is. And so I'm like, is it Mashiko? She's like, no, it's a Jordan. She's like, no. And I start naming all my friends and she's like, no, no, no. It's someone who you admire. So now I almost like get shocked and I'm like, is it is it Bonang Mateva? She's like, no. I said, Pamela, I'm talking. She said, yes, I scroll. I scroll with everything in me because I couldn't understand, first of all, how she got Pamela Mtanga to go on air. That was my speaker. <laughs> Sorry, let me turn it off. I couldn't understand how she got Pamela Mtanga to wish me luck or like just even I, I just couldn't understand I couldn't understand how she got Pamela Mtanga to send a VN for me like that is very crazy and then she plays the VN right and mind you okay this is happening in the same week where on the so my radio interview I think was on like Thursday or yeah Thursday or Friday something like that and on Tuesday and I know it was Tuesday because we were at the movies this was the first time I had gone to the movie in like five years because yo guys I really struggle but anyway <laughs> and movies are half price at Stoke Nicole on a Tuesday so a friend and I went to go watch Woman King with Viola Davis. Why did I do the Wakanda sign? It's definitely Woman King, not Wakanda. But um, Woman King with Viola Davis, who also is on the list. She's part of the honorable mentions right at the bottom. So let me get into the honorable mentions really quickly. We have Viola Davis, Ayanda Tabete, Dumelo Mudiko, Tyra Banks, and Beyonce, all of them for many other different reasons. And like I said, this list can go on for eons. This is definitely not an all-encompassing list, if I'm being 100% honest. But we were going to go watch Viola Davis because I absolutely love Viola and I will support her for the rest of my life. <laughs> and when we were in the cinema, I was just kind of diddling, daddling on my phone. And for some odd reason, I opened up my likes tab on Instagram and saw that Pamela Mtanga had literally started following me like 10 seconds ago. Did I not almost let out a scream in the middle of the cinema? I was like, why is Pamela Mtanga following me? And it was also very weird because I had met Pamela Mtanga like 
what, a month and a half before she actually followed me. So I couldn't understand, like, what provoked her to just wake up in the morning and follow me? And this was a week after I dropped my Nivea ad. So this was like, imagine, I'm still crying over the fact that I'm a Nivea girl. I'm still crying over the fact that it's got 305,000 views on Instagram. I'm crying over so many different things and everything that this one campaign means to me and then Pamela Mtanga goes and follows me in the same week I wanted to die in that moment and then I get to my radio interview later that week and the girl says to me Pamela Mtanga sent a VN and in my head I was like oh so it makes sense why Pamela followed me on Tuesday because someone reached out and then she was like oh let me go find out who this barber girl is and then she followed me just to be you know nice and polite and all of those things so when I told the girl who played me the VN um, after the interview the lady who was interviewing me when I told her afterwards like you know Pamela followed me on Tuesday and I was so shocked and confused like why did she just randomly follow me now it makes sense it's because you reached out to her and she was like no girl I reached out to Pamela this morning I said this morning she said this morning so she had last minute thought to send out messages to all my friends and family asking them to send VNs and she literally just took the first three people who responded and did it and Pamela Mtanga was one of the first three people to respond and I think for me, what shocked me was that, so what you're telling me with your mouth, <laughs> what you're saying with your mouth is that Pamela knows who I am and that Pamela followed me out of her own, like her own free will. That's crazy. You are mad. You are insane. And yeah, it was just insane. It was just a, a crazy thing for me because I was like, this is someone who I look up to and this is someone who I aspire to. She inspires a lot of the content that I make, especially on Instagram. And so for her to speak so highly of me on radio and for her to speak so highly of me about the content that I put out really, really, really meant a lot. And I think she's just amazing because she's a mentor from far, far away and she doesn't even know that. And so, yeah, that was just fabulous to experience. But Pamela Mtanga really is such a big hearted person. And I think from the people that what I've learned from her, particularly from the people that she works with to the brands that she collaborates with is that she is very intentional. She's very intentional about the people that she chooses to feed in terms of who her videographer will be, who her photographer will be. She believes in employing young creatives, young black creatives, because most of the time that is the demographic in South Africa that is being exploited in the creative industry. And so to see her be intentional about that, even for me, when I was stepping into my South Africa journey, I was also very like, okay, cool. Pamela has taught me that you always have to be intentional about the people that you work with. And so I'm going to be very intentional by working with um, a group of women that I know are deserving of a break in the industry and have an incredible work ethic, but also 100% believe in the things that I'm doing. And so, yeah, that's what I've learned from her. And it hasn't been an easy process. I think I've turned down quite a lot of brand deals and opportunities that would have been financially great for me and great for the street cred but in the long run it would be compromising of my values as a person and everything that I stand for and so I had to turn those opportunities down and Pamela Mtanga is one of the people that have taught me how to stand firm in your decision to work even Yara Shahidi actually all of these girls but let's say Yara Shahidi and Pamela Mtanga for now um, in the roles that Yara Shahidi chooses to take. I remember one interview I was listening to where she spoke about how she was invited to be on the set of a magazine cover um, that was aimed at celebrating women, something, 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 diversity, all that kinds of stuff. And when she got on set, she was the only young person on set, number one, but she was also the only black woman on set, which for her was a very big problem because now you are calling her out to represent her entire race and that's not something that she can stand for. And so she didn't really mention the details of which organization or brand was hosting all of this. But what she did say is that she had to walk away, even though it was an opportunity opportunity that would have been great for her what's even greater and what matters the most is that people see her aligning with people who believe in what she believes in and so yara is fabulous pamela's fabulous fabulous <laughs> fabulous and they've definitely 100 taught me 
to stand firm and not be ashamed to stand up for the things that I believe in and the people that I believe in. And so thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to my podcast episode today. I know it was all over the place. And if I'm being honest, that's what I'm working towards. I'm working towards being a lot less perfect on my social media because I think a lot of the times I put a lot of pressure. First of all, I end up not creating content because of the amount of pressure that I put on myself to be eloquent and to have my vocabulary in place and to have a strict, strict script that I follow to the T that it just isn't productive for me anymore. And meeting people who will say things like, oh, you're so well-spoken, you're so well this, you're so well that. And I'm like, girl, do you know the power of editing? <laughs> like, do you know the power of editing? It is very, very strong. And I mean, it's not to say that I'm not going to edit my work anymore. I definitely will still edit it. But I think I need to be comfortable with putting myself out there in a way that's vulnerable. And if that means messing up my script and messing up my vocabulary and getting my words wrong while I'm doing what I love doing, then so be it. Because the journey of me getting to a point where I can just speak with eloquence and just speak without pausing and making ums and uhs and using the wrong words with the complete wrong meanings in a sentence when I completely meant it in a different way. I think someone 10 years down the line is going to look at where I started in terms of my content and what I sounded like and how I spoke and conducted myself. And 10 years from now, when they look at me and I'm a evolved version of that girl, they'll be able to be patient with themselves as well on their journey to becoming the girl that they deserve to be or the person that they want to be and so yeah i hope that you all have a fabulous day i will see you all again next time cheers <laughs>